So there's a movie that I thought would be on the list, and it's not. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. Wow. I know. He just shoots a nun. You know, <laughs> not like a mean nun. And for those of us who went to Catholic school, there's so many mean nuns that you might want to shoot. You know, this is his paradise. This is his ticket out. And and uh, and again, the next thing you know, he has sex with Donald Pleasant. So it doesn't go well for him. He's very wrong. A few things happened in between there. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome, this is Fright Club Live. We are back at Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, thank you guys. Thank you. That is the sound of a crowd that has enjoyed a happy hour That's at the right. brand new Torpedo Room Speakeasy at the Gateway Film Center. That's right. Which is very cool. Very cool. you got to come check it out if you haven't already. Um, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com, embarking now on our 11th year of Fright Club Live. So thank you for that. And actually, since we're talking about that, we had a great time last month celebrating our 10th year. We absolutely did. We had the loveliest time, and we want to thank everybody who came out. We want to thank uh, Peter Tonget for coming out and covering it. and um, For the Columbus Dispatch. For the Columbus Dispatch, mm -hmm. yeah. It was... Uh, it was super fun. It was great. I can't believe that we have been doing this for 10 years. That's I know. sort of insane. <laughs> but it's fun. And then the last one that we did in the studio, Evening Dresses, with uh, Melissa Lamartino, who is also Aurora Gorealis. Some of you may, may remember Aurora Gorealis yeah. from last year's Nightmares Film Festival. She came. She does this amazing, super fun, like... Shocktail Hour. Yeah, Shocktail Hour is called. And we don't just love it because we won. Um, we won some prizes. We did. Uh, but it's really fun, and she hopefully is going to be back for Nightmares again this year. Yeah, I um, hope so. And she, she brought some intel because fashion is not really either one of our strong suits. Come on. But it was uh, fun. It was her topic. She came up with a topic to, like, really, like, evening gowns and horror movies. And I remember the first thing I thought of was, like, I'm just going to skim through a bunch of Hammer. And the truth is, nightgowns. That's what Hammer does yeah. well. Nightgowns. I was but out. It was really, yeah. Once we start differentiating between what yeah. makes a different kind of gown, he I'm would out. like say something. I'm, I'm like, out. that's not a that's not a gown. What are you talking about? But it was fun. It's a pantsuit, George. <laughs> anyway. It was fun because that is a, a topic that we would probably not have gravitated no. toward. No. But she did. She, she picked did. it and it was and, great. And we all just got to gush about Daughters of Darkness, which we love yeah. to do. Yeah, that is true. So that was a good one. That was our last uh, studio fright club. So now we're back. Uh, doing it live. Oh, did we have did we have any um, any umbrage at things that we left out? Yes, Dustin, our beloved Dustin, uh, posted a photo of the gremlin in uh, you know in the lipstick and gown, and he was really upset that we hadn't mentioned her. And then also our friend Silas, who we haven't heard from for a little while, just admitted that he has just an all-consuming crush on Delphine Sirik from oh, yeah. from Daughters of Darkness, and and I think the overwhelming response was, who doesn't? Yeah. But no one brought up Leprechaun? No, no one did. Jerry, Jerry, is there any... <laughs> are there evening gowns in any of the Leprechaun franchise? I know you're the one to ask. Part two. Oh, there you See go. what we did? We left it out. I knew we you'd did. know. We did. We left it out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was... We didn't have a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of beef then with, uh, with no, the choices. Well, that's no. good. Before we get uh, too much farther, we want to... Well, actually, welcome, everybody. We want to say a special welcome to... Melissa Dina, because her birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday. We've missed you and your beautiful smiling face. We're so glad to see you today. And we're not, not, not going to say it. We're, we're just going to say it's a, 
it's a big special birthday. That's all we're going to say. I'm not going to say a number, but it's a big special birthday. So thank you. Thank you so much for 21. You nailed it. Good job. So congrats. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that Matt has, has something special planned. I bet. Boom, chaka, 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 boom, 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 chaka, chaka, chaka. So, so happy birthday. Okay. So um, we've got towns that won't let go. We that's do. our that's our topic tonight. And a great movie, man, a great movie to see. Uh, so before we get to our top five towns that won't let go, you've got a few that were almost, almost made it. I do. Um, I do have a few that almost made it. One is, you know, it's like, uh, to be honest with you, I keep going back and forth as to whether I'm going to say the name of this movie because it's kind of, it's kind of the twist at the end. So now that I say it, I'm not going to tell you. So there's a movie that I thought would be on the list, and it's not, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. Wow. I know. Um, but others, All right. Yeah. I can do that, too. I can just, <laughs> you know, there's this great movie I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to tell you, but it's I'm great. I'm going to keep it to myself. Because you might not have seen it, and it's the twist at the end, and so I'm not going to, because I don't know if you heard the last episode, but George shamed me a number of times, because I gave away the end of Crimson Peak. At a Fright Club. Was anyone here when she did before that? Before it opened. Because I'd seen it. I, I'm a four film critics and I got to see it. And I said something. I compared it to another Guillermo del Toro movie in a way that absolutely gave away the ending of the movie. Because <laughs> I'm a dumbass. So I'm not going to do that today with this other movie that <laughs> you should see. But you don't know what it is okay. that you should see. It shall remain nameless. That's but right. Others that Southbound, uh, which is a great collection of shorts. If you haven't seen it... And it has, it's, it's super fun in the way that it uh, keeps revisiting this town that, that won't let go. Dark City, right? You can't leave Dark City. Mm-hmm. 30 Days of Night, that's a hard place to get out yeah. of. Yeah. That's a fun movie. I love that movie. That's a fun one. But yeah, and you're then, pretty, pretty, pretty stuck there. Yeah, you can't get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then also Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. So these were all sort of, uh, you know, they orbited the list, but they didn't quite make the final list. Okay. That's fair enough. So that's that's about all the uh, obviously the the uh, topic name is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's a town, and probably like your small hometown yes. of ours. We can't get out of this effing yeah. town. And uh, I, I mean, I, we've talked about this a number of times on on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is a recurring nightmare that I have yep. that I've had since I was a little kid. Is that I'm trying to leave Tiffin, Ohio, and it's just not possible. I'm always at a wrong turn, and I'm, I'm back at, like, Hedges Boyer Park, and I can't get out of <laughs> Tiffin, Ohio. It is a nightmare that I continue to have to this day. So, so this theme always was very, uh, like, picking a scab yeah. for me watching these movies. Well, it's a good one, mm-hmm. and it's a good reason to, to show the movie that we got tonight, which is a movie that we've talked about several times with other categories. Yes, we have. But never shown. No. So, so this is going to be cool. All right, so let's get with, uh, with number five. On our list. And this is from 1971, also. Yeah. Uh, the same year of the movie we're going to show. This is a family uh, trapped in a desert town by a cult of senior citizens who recruit the town's children to worship Satan. It's the Brotherhood of Satan. Witches. Black artisans, celebrants of the Black Mass. Each missing child was in a specific age group from six to nine. Come in, children. Your baby, our baby, Satan's baby! The Black Mass, the blood sacrifice, the unholy ritual. It's all here as a coven of witches holds California town 
in the grip of terror. Satan, help us! <laughs> Rated GP. Who remembers GP back you in know. the day? Yes. No. GP I don't. before the old the old PG. Brotherhood of Satan. This is a movie I watched when I was a little kid, like on TV. I say home. I was homesick from school. I probably wasn't sick. Um, I did that a lot. And I watched this like in the middle of the day at my house uh, uh, when I was a little kid. And it scared the shit out of me because it was the first. It was like when some people watch the movie Skinnamarink and you're like, that's a nightmare that I have. That's what this movie was. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my nightmare right there. That's it. And then um, and it's fun in that bad 1971 horror way. Like it's super campy and fun and dumb and, and awesome. It's awesome. I love this movie. But it's also got a black mass, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love a black mass in a huge way. But it's also like super being John Malkovich. That's essentially the plot of the movie is that the old people in the town, they kind of set up a bubble. You can't leave the town. And they steal the children. And then they, John Malkovich, the children. Um, so all the children in the town are also evil. There are like all kinds of layers of campy, crazy, super fun horror. And it also, the whole time, it feels like you're watching like a bad 1970s TV show like BJ and the Bear, you know, or something. <laughs> I can't recommend Brotherhood of Satan enough. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> BJ and the Bear, Brotherhood of Satan, <laughs> one and the same. Uh, stars of this movie, number one, Struther Martin, longtime, longtime actor. But the other star of this movie, a young L.Q. Jones. Right. Another man, he was in the business forever. But yeah. here's something I didn't know until I was researching for this movie. L.Q. Jones' real name, and it's, honest to God, his real name is Justice McQueen. And he chose L.Q. I know. Jones? That is a kick-ass name. That is a kick-ass name. What's your name? Justice fucking McQueen yeah. is my name. And he changed it. L.Q. Jones was his character's name in his very first movie, and he just kept it. That's dumb. Justice McQueen. That's, That's awesome. Anyway, dumb. Brotherhood of Satan, yeah, 1971. <laughs> they had a very interesting, another thing I found out about this movie, they had a very interesting sort of like a viral, not viral, obviously in 71, <laughs> but grassroots marketing. When it was released, each theater goer got a packet of, quote, Satan's soul seeds when they purchased their tickets, and it was a paper envelope. I want them! That had two seeds, which were, according to the instructions, supposed to provide protection from the black magic oh, of the wow. Brotherhood of Satan. <laughs> Somebody put some thought into that. That's true. 1971. Nice. That's number five on our list of towns that won't let go. All right, let's get a lot more recent. We've talked about this next one at number four a few times. Uh, as kids, they escaped a UFO death cult. Now, two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape surfaces. Brings them back to where they began. Benson and Moorhead, The Endless. I want to go back. That place is not what you think it is. She lied to you. We couldn't be happier. I saw some of the things last night. There's something out here, isn't there? Happier. Yeah, there is. Happier, 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 happier. Ah! Who's next? This movie does so many things, like so many things really well. Benson and Moorhead, the, the writer, director, they are, are also the stars. And it's... It's in its way. It's a sequel to their film Resolution, which also is utterly amazing, and and it's it's more like a it's like a single place that won't let go. But the thing about this one, so Benson Moorhead, they have a very small part in that film. 
uh, the first one, and then it comes back, they're the main characters of this film. And it's fascinating the way they connect the two films yeah. together. It's also a time loop horror, which is always like fucks with my head. But one of the things that I love about it is that the two actors, who are also, of course, the writers and directors, they play brothers in this, and they have such a believable, lived-in yeah. fraternity. Yep. You know, it's like they're bitter, but they're not going to live without each other, but they really don't want to live with each other. And each one of them has a different feeling about maybe, like, one, just let's hang around a little longer, and the other one seems to know, no, dude, we got to get the fuck out of mm -hmm. Camp Arcadia. And what that does, at least for me, because, of course, as I pointed out, this is like a primal fear of mine, it creates this tension where you're, like, the whole time going... It's getting darker. It's getting darker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the way that they ratchet up tension in this movie, I think, is so authentic and unnerving. Also, Shitty Carl is the name of a character, which is the greatest name of any character ever. <laughs> well, it's got that underlying uh, humor that I think the best of their films do. And you're right about their... I mean, they don't come off as you know, classically trained actors, but you're right. Their their relationship is so believable yeah. that uh, it, it, makes, it makes the film go. And... Uh, you mentioned its connection to their other movies, but it also works as a standalone film. Oh, it absolutely which it, does. It, it yeah. does both. And then when it takes that turn and you realize what they're doing, man, it's so satisfying. Yeah. And it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have a huge special effects budget or anything. But what it does manage to do is is effective. Yeah. Uh, it it really is. And they're just they're they're they've become. Filmmakers now that I, I'm always interested in, in whatever they're doing. Well, we've shown, they've made four features. Yeah. We've shown two of them. So we showed Resolution yeah. and we showed Spring. Spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love their work. Yeah, and this was from, like I said, 2017. At the time, it was the first genre film to play in U.S. competition at the Tribeca Film Festival wow. since Let the Right One In in oh, 2008. Oh, so, that's yeah, good company. That's yeah, that is rare air. So that is The Endless 2017. Uh, number four of our list of towns that won't let go. So for number three, let's go to the 90s, 1994. An insurance investigator begins discovering that the impact horror writers' books have on his fans is more than inspirational in the mouth of madness. I need to know if he's alive or dead, and I need that book. It's a setup. It's a set I just have to work out how it's set up. Kane's writing has been known to have an effect on his readers. This is a map. This whole thing has been staged. You just get out. This is not reality. It's all happening for real, Trent. <sighs> I know this book will drive people crazy. Well, let's hope so. The movie comes out next month. Yes, John Carpenter, and of course, longtime Carpenter fans know this is the third in his Apocalypse trilogy after The Thing and Prince of Darkness. And it's, um, you know, a lot of people, well, they, they mentioned Stephen King in the movie, but really, you watch the movie, it's a lot more H.P. Lovecraft oh, as sure, far yeah. as Sutter it's Kane a, goes. It's a good marriage of the two, I think, because yeah. it's in a small town. Well, I mean, they, actually, yeah, a small New England town, I suppose that is both. Um, but yeah, it's Bangor, very, it's, Maine. yeah, it's very <laughs> Lovecrafty. Very much. And I think the first time that you really get the sense that there's that it's a town you can't leave is when you see the bicyclist, which I don't know if you've seen this movie called Obstacle Corpse, but we <laughs> stole that, by the way. Um, <laughs> we didn't steal. We homage. We homage. Homage. Uh, but that, that's, where, that's, that's where that came from. I, I, love, I loved that element in this movie. I love, I love 
this movie. And uh, I love Sam Neill. <clears throat> oh, he's great. He's, he's always so, great. He is. He's so good. He's so good in this movie, the way he's like so above everything. And you're like, I think you ought to be paying closer attention because why are you here at Hobbs End? And Hobbs End won't let you go until you're ready to serve its purpose. Because mm-hmm. as you, if you've seen the movie, you know, eventually he does get out of Hobbs End. But... You know, uh, it takes a long time, and it's not until he's he's quite ready that they let him go. Uh, I think that the, it's, it's also a great, a great descent into madness movies movie, which we haven't done that podcast yet. That's happening. That's marinating right now. We have not done that? Not Descent into Madness, no. Holy moly. No. Ten years and haven't done that. A couple of uh, notes for this movie. It was the feature film debut for a young Hayden Christensen. Wow. And it was, yeah, and uh, he plays the paper boy. And it was the final film for Wilhelm von Homburg, who uh, you may remember as Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters 2. Oh. This, was, yeah, this was his final film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who yes. tells him to get out of town. Yes. That's him. Uh, um, also, Charlton Heston. Boo. <laughs> He's in this. I mean, the whole cast actually is really fun. Uh, and then Jurgen Portnoy, yeah. who is uh, another great just face. You know what I mean? Like he's just got, and he's he's Sutter Kane, and he's just got that great. He does. I'm I'm a crazy man face. Uh, I love him in this movie. And I mean, I just uh, this movie is so fun and weird, and it's it, it, for Carpenter. It's so it's so surreal. It's not the kind of it's really it's not the kind of film that he tended to make. Even. Um, even in the the other apocalypse mm-hmm. apocalypse films aren't nearly this surreal. Oh no, it's definitely different. I, I think it stands out for the, the other two, the thing and and Prince of Darkness. But the, yeah, the very enjoyable number. Yeah, that's number three. It is on our list three. of towns that won't let go. Um, in the mouth of madness. All right, uh, we got to get moving, don't we? Because we got a movie to see. All right, let's move it up to number two. This is from 1994. A cemetery man must kill the dead a second time when they become zombies. It's Cemetery Man. You claim they come to life within seven days of burial. Noggy! They came back sooner than we thought! He's only eating me. Move aside. Mind your business! This is my business. They pay me for it. down or I'll shoot. You can't. I'm the mayor. X. Cemetery Man. A film about life's grave issues. I'd give my life to be dead. I was just telling George today as we were driving here that Buffalora, the town, the name of the town, was just been as 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 he says it has just been in my head for days and days. I just keep wanting to go Buffalora and I don't know why. <laughs> Um, I, I think that this is a super fun movie. This is my favorite uh, Michelle Sayovi movie. And one of the things I love about it is you don't know that it's a town that won't let go, that Buffalora is a town that won't let go until the very, very end. And it's just such a fun reveal. It's such, there's so much fun in this movie. And at the same time, for a while you think, oh, this is just sort of romantic you know, uh, lighthearted, but it just gets meaner and meaner and meaner as the film progresses. And then you do see in the trailer, which kind of surprised me, he just shoots a nun, you know, (laughs) not like a mean nun, 
And for those of us who went to Catholic school, there's so many mean nuns that you might want to shoot. But she seemed like a perfectly lovely nun. If you're going to shoot it. one. <laughs> right. Try Sister Cleofa, maybe. Um, <laughs> not that I hold a grudge. But I just, I mean, this is such a, uh, it's a truly, I think it's a really just bizarre movie that is insanely compelling. I don't always love Italian horror, but this one I can't stop watching. This is uh, stars Rupert Everett. And this was again 1994. And when he got a little more, a little more famous in the in the later 90s, he approached the director about ma- uh, doing an American remake. So there were plans for that for a short while, but it fell through and it never oh, materialized. That's, that's kind of too yeah. Bad. That would have been interesting. Yeah, an American remake of oh, that. Oh, of course. I mean, I don't know how this was in English language. I don't know what the point was. Would have been to make another one. That's why maybe not. Never maybe. got made. Maybe. And also when it was when it was. Uh, re- when it was released uh, in Spain, its Spanish title was "My Fiance Is a Zombie." <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of gray area there. You know what? I'll be honest. This is one we had not talked about. This uh, this is the first time we've ever talked about this. That's crazy. I was not aware of this movie. I don't. That's think. crazy. Yeah, I don't think we ever have uh, um, from '94 Cemetery Man. I kept. Uh, it's hard to find. Not that we necessarily. Need, it's hard to find a trailer uh, without boobs in it. To be honest <laughs> with you. Um, and, well, uh, then why try? I know. But the thing is, because because uh, when I would put it in the blog, it would say, you you know, it wouldn't show the trailer. It'd be like, you have to be 18 to watch this trailer. I'm like, that's a big, giant pain in the ass. I'm not going to have that. So I, I picked the only one I could find that didn't have boobs in it. But um, not that I'm opposed to that. But anyway, <laughs> FYI, in case not you're curious. Not that there's curious, anything wrong with that. In case you're curious, because George calls into a radio show every Friday morning, and he, he does movie reviews, and they ask every time, are there boobs in it? So anyway, they would like this movie. Okay. There's a lot. File that away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FYI. <laughs> uh, yeah, number, number two. Uh, on our list, Cemetery Man from 94. Okay, that takes us up to number one. It's what the, could it be? It's the one we're going to show tonight. We won't talk about it much, but uh, we will say that after a bad gambling bet, a school teacher is marooned in a town full of crazy, drunk, violent men who threaten to make him just as crazy, drunk, and violent. Wake in fright. New to the Yabba? New to the Yabba. Like the old place? No, I think it's bloody awful. You don't like the Yabba? No. Will you have a drink? No, I'm toying with this one, thanks. Oh, drink it down or buy another. Look, I'm flat broken. I can't afford to drink. What's that going to do with that man? I said I'd buy you a drink. You don't have to buy me one. Now drink it down. So how many people are new to the Yabba and have not seen this movie at all? All right. I love that. We love that. It's well then definitely come down afterwards and I want to get your your reactions for the podcast because this is a crazy ass movie. But also, and again, in ten years, and those of you who've been coming for a long time, we've shown some pretty extreme films now and again. This is the first time ever, ever in ten years that I'm gonna give you a trigger warning. So there is a scene in this film where they hunt kangaroos and they do indeed hunt kangaroos. So um, when they all get in a van with guns, if this is not something you want to see, totally understand, mm. that's when that's you want to go because, uh, because it's not fictionalized. They actually hunt kangaroos. Yeah. So I just, I just want to put that out there because it's a, 
I mean, it's a it's a really amazing film. As I've said a number of times, it's one of Martin Scorsese's all-time favorite movies. But that's a very tough thing to watch. So I just want to make sure that nobody is is taken by surprise by yep. it. Yep. And that's pretty much all we'll say. Uh, again, we hope to talk about it uh, afterwards. So we're going to show that. But before we show that, we've started in the last few months now, as, as you may know, to show short films before the feature. And we've got a special one tonight. We do. Um, so uh, the truth be told, I'll be completely honest with you, uh, we've been working on a, our most recent short film, and I thought that it would be done by February. It's not done. <laughs> so I hadn't Next already month. planned uh, for another short film. So we're, we're going to show a short film about a town that would let go. It's, it's called uh, Godspeed. It's the first short that we made. And it's about a woman who, who leaves her town and drives across country. So um, Kat McAlpine, all by herself in the entire movie. And so that's what we're going to show first, and we hope that you like it. Yeah, it was a, it was a definite uh, pandemic production filmed all night out in, uh, what county was that? Out in the outskirts of Columbus. We, le- we learned a lot, and we, we hope did. you like it. So God, it's about nine minutes, not too long. That's going to be first, and then we'll go into Wake and Fright. Enjoy that, and then we'll talk about it afterwards, yeah. okay? Please come down, because I'm come fascinated down. to hear what you think. Yes. So enjoy. Stan, hit it. One hour and 58 minutes later. I think, guys, fellas, this summer we have a decision to make. It's either it's either shorts with no socks and loafers or shorts, knee socks, and loafers. You think knee socks? Yeah. No socks. Okay. We got to decide. It was incredibly sweaty, and it's so funny that, like, you know, I don't know exactly what time period they stopped having people wear like full suits when it was clearly a thousand degrees outside but all old movies i just keep thinking you know you're like you're so sweaty take some of those layers off i was interested in that the uh disclaimer disclaimer at the end end there which i had forgotten about or hadn't seen before about that was Shot during a licensed uh, kangaroo hunt. It was pretty rough. It yeah, that was pretty it was rough very to rough. Watch, and it, and so. it was long, which is it one was of the reason, long. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, and and there was a lot of very fancy editing that made it seem much more brutal than it actually was. But that doesn't change the fact that it was. Yeah, it was pretty horrifying. It was, but and you know, it 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 certainly got the point across that the hell he was in. Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, one of the things about this movie that I think is so fascinating is the idea that. You know, men will just do the most debased things to impress other men. Yeah. And it reminded me of those, the films we've seen. We've seen a few more of them, I think, over the last few years, like recently Speak No Evil. The ones where you just get pushed and, and the yeah. person yeah. doesn't speak up or doesn't stand up for themselves. And at the end, it's almost like, well. And you're your, like, your, oh, my God, I just fault. had sex with Donald Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say, though, uh, you know, I love Donald Pleasance, and I've seen him in, like, 300,000 movies. This is my favorite action. I think this is his best performance. Mm. This is the one where, to me, he actually, you know, acts. Um, it's, and it's, it's disturbing. Oh, yeah. It's quite a, quite a character. Yeah. It was always a wish of mine to one day be wealthy enough to visit Australia. Till now. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like hell on earth without all the drinking. Yeah, no, you're right. And most of my uh, sort of cinematic references for Australia are like this, right? Like Wolf Creek or 400 Bloody Acres, right? Or like, I mean, I don't, there's zero chance that I'm going to go to Australia. <laughs> Wormwood, nope. I don't know. Yeah. I, want, I want no part of that nation. It also reminded me of... Uh, 
I started to see some Calvert in this movie a little bit. Oh yeah, and then I hadn't sure. caught before uh, the uh, the character names there. Very, um, yeah, so the Silence of the Lambs connection. I don't know if you noticed that, but pull a lot of character names from this film. The cop is was Jack Crawford, right? And then John, John Grant, Grant yeah. which was one of the names that one they of the thought James Gum names. James Gum or John Grant, yeah. Uh, I agree with you with uh, Donald Pleasance's performance. Uh, for some, for an actor who's mostly known for his sophisticated roles, whether it's the James Bond franchise or the Halloween movies, like right. he's just so loud and like obnoxious and so yeah. ambitious, sweaty. Uh, yeah, sweaty. Yeah, and it's amazing, like how like pretty much the entire drink you see is beer. I don't, I don't think I've seen anyone in the movie drink anything other than beer. No, there was there was somebody who wanted like a, a tomato juice back, right? Yeah. But everybody else was just. All, all the beers. Oh, that's right. There was after after all of the kangaroos, he Bo- was sucking on some big car. bottle in the car. Yeah. yeah. And none of it was Foster's. No. Well, first off, this movie makes my liver hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was drinking during this, but like, I felt like I was drinking even more while while watching <laughs> this movie. But uh, I I felt the interesting thing for me watching this the entire time was uh, um, watching John come from this guy for a, who. You know, seemingly, you know, felt contempt for the people around him. Like he was better than all of this. Like he needed to get to Sydney, and even Sydney wasn't good enough. He needed to get to England, and then how slowly and like well, well, really, actually, how quickly he uh, he just sort of like fell in with with everyone around him, and just like the drinking, the the hunting, the violence all around him, and just you know, sort of like okay, well, this is happening, so I'm just gonna fall right in with all of it. And it, you know, I think it's interesting what you say because. When he decides to bet the money, it's because he, he's already said, oh, that's a very simplistic game. It's like he, he already thinks that he's better oh, yep. than everybody there, and he's just going to, you know, this is his paradise. This is his ticket out. And, and, uh, and again, the next thing you know, he has sex with Donald Pleasance. It doesn't go well for him. <laughs> he's very wrong. A few things happened in between there. <laughs> <laughs> and also in that big room, uh, which I love some of those, uh, those aerial shots above, oh, yeah. above all the betting. Yes, you know, of course, you start to wonder how many how many of these people were him. Yeah, know, exactly. Got sucked into this That's Twilight right. Zone. At one ne- point, they were new to the Yabba. Right, and they got sucked in and never got out. You don't like the Yabba? <laughs> so, like the whole kind of uh, vibe to me was very uh, adult Lord of the Flies Australian style with beer. Yeah, yeah. So it was all all very a lot, lot of a lot of like peer pressure and and just uh you know kind of getting along to get along oh yeah very much so he did, every time he he gave a little bit of a uh, no i don't oh and they just raised their voice and he yeah. did it whatever it was yeah it does though the more i think about it because you said that it reminded you of calvert mm-hmm. uh, i can really see that yeah, yeah where where, uh, you know, essentially there's no women anywhere. Right. And I guess I think both of those films just really go to show if just men get to decide what's happening in c- civilization, we are so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gets There you go. That's a good note to leave it on. Um, we are going to get this uh, edited and on the usual socials here. Well, no, it'll be a few days because we're leaving for a few days in Vermont tomorrow. Yeah, we have a 6 a.m. flight. Yeah, so yay. Yeah. We're going to go have a few beers and then... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, we're looking ahead to March. We're going to show, Live. yes, we're going to show Splinter. 
Uh, right? Uh, a nice uh, creature feature, Shea Wiggum, and we're going to talk about parasites in, uh, in horror. That's going to be the topic. And if all goes well, we are going to show our brand new short film, uh, which Jerry and Brooklyn, who we're so happy to have here with Adam, Yay! helped us make uh, called Basement Buddy. So fingers crossed we will show that as our short film yeah, to hopefully, start off. Hopefully, so that'll be a month. But uh, yeah, so uh, check out uh, madwolf.com, the main website, of course, on, on, on Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, Mad Wolf Columbus. The main uh, Twitter page is Fright Club Pod. We've got the Fright Club Podcast Facebook page. All kinds of of stuff where you places where you can find this podcast, which will be up, uh, you know, a few days. Wednesday-ish. You know. Yeah, we'll get it there. We'll get it there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we hope to see you again next month. Thank you so much, and uh, appreciate you coming out tonight and enjoying Waking <laughs> Fright. <laughs> and until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>